Hey, drama listeners, treat yourself in 2022 with a monthly all-access pass to our Patreon, where you'll have bonus episodes, Instagram close friends privileges, and stay ahead of the curve on all the drama. For just $5 a month, you can help us continue to bring you gag-worthy guests, including so many wicked witches. We've had Jackie Burns, Jenny Denoya, Lily Cooper, Julia Murney, Carmen Cusack, and many more, including Glinda's Fierro's Box and even a Morrible. Check us out on patreon.com backslash the drama podcast and in the link below. All right, now on with the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got none? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. I am Dylan McDowell. This is a thrill-ifying week Dylan, on drama. so thrill-ifying. This feels like an emergency pod, and it only makes sense because we have the emergency alphabet on here with us. But yes. before we dive in, you just dropped me off in the Big Apple. Once again, a familiar moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like we were just talking about this on the podcast, and we got to see some theater we saw Mrs. Doubtfire on Sunday. We did. And we little did we know it was the last performance before they announced that they're going on a hiatus. So there is actually one more week of performances. But first of all, I loved it. It was so much fun. Okay, that young, Rob that young girl is a star. Okay, Rob McClure is a star. But that young girl who plays Lydia, like the oldest daughter, gave vocals the house down boots. This, I know. this this queen, I mean, put her in next to normal as Natalie. Put her in Beetlejuice as that as the young girl in Beetlejuice. Like the young girl also named Lydia. You know, Connor, I will say, I feel like this is like the the Gen Z Broadway type girl. Oh, I'm shaking. I have no idea what you mean by that, but the concept of a Gen Z Broadway girl sounds terrifying and exciting all at once. Well, they kind of sing like they have like a record deal already. <laughs> like they're like singing covers on TikTok or something. Uh-huh. Yes, t- exactly. It's the TikTokification of Broadway, no doubt. Definitely. But- it was amazing, but then of course we walk out and there's this breaking news that's going on a break. What are your thoughts on that? If it works, it'll be the stuff of legends. They saved their own show from a a surge in COVID, right? But if it doesn't work, it's really sad because, I mean, this has been said over and over again, but obviously this company was about to open right when COVID first hit in 2020. They were on hold forever and ever. They finally just opened up and then COVID's hitting again. And like for cast members that have like devoted their lives to this show for years, it's like so sad and uncertain. And like, obviously the performing arts industry has always been something that's uncertain and it's just even more so like that now and it i wonder what it if young people getting into the industry are going to start having a different view on what it means to like make it on broadway or make it in theater based on like Mm. the way things are even more have even more question marks around them now you know yeah but i'm sad because it was good i'm sad that the show closed because it was really fun it's some of the most fun i've had in the theater in a while. Well, paused, paused. Like my own pause. Like Dorinda Medley being on pause from Real Housewives of New York for like a year after seasons yes. um, 11 and... T- was it 11 and 12 or 12 and 13? Mm-hmm. But anyway, yes. Rob McClure is amazing <laughs> though and you were saying that earlier. Yes. All right, I think without further ado, we need to bring in our guests because some exciting things have been happening. And as you referenced, there's this moniker, Emergency Alphaba, that's been coined on Twitter.com. And we have the exclusive. <laughs> well, hold, I don't know if it's the only exclusive, but we do have the no, exclusive. No, no, you no. know what I mean? Like this is 
this is like one of the most exciting things that's happened since Broadway reopened in September. And I've just got to jump in. Bring her in, Connor. Our guest today is a part of Wicked Herstory as one of the legendary members of the Green Girl Sisterhood who recently returned to the role of Elphaba on Broadway as an emergency cover. The gag is that she last played the role seven years ago, best known to the theater community as part of Wicked on tour and on Broadway covering Nessaros and Alphaba. Our guest also toured Asia in The Sound of Music and The Nation in Mamma Mia. She's been in literally all the best shows that exist ever on the planet. Um, her stellar vocals and performing prowess have been part of numerous workshops and regional productions, including Other World, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Songs for a New World, Man of La Mancha, and more. When she isn't saving Broadway, our guest is a software engineer at G2 in Chicago, advocating for artists looking to make a career change into tech. Before running her own private voice studio, she taught voice at Marymount Manhattan College and Cap 21. She is a woman in STEM and MT. Please welcome to drama, Carla Carla Stickler. Stickler. Oh my goodness. Wow. Thank you very so much for having me. (laughs) The pleasure is all ours. Even just chatting with you before we hit record, you have such a great warm energy and it it means a lot that you're chatting with us today. Shout out to Al Silver, friend of the pod. Mm, Old friend Al. Love Al. Making things happen. You you and Al (laughs) met at Interlochen? Yes. Oh my gosh. I think we were 12. It was the summer going into my freshman year of high school and we were, we were such babies. And then years and years after that and went to high school together and all sorts of things. I love Alphabet. Did you go to the actual Interlochen high school? I did both. So I was four summers at the camp and then I did my senior year of high school. It's pretty magical. I love that place. That's great. Wait, before we kick into any more of our conversation, we like to ask all of our guests how they're doing. Carla, are you well? I am so well. I have been stuck in a hotel room in midtown Manhattan all week and I am doing as well as one can be. After sitting in Midtown Manhattan on Times Square or in Times Square on New Year's Eve by myself, <laughs> it's been like it's been a wild week. Just you know, lots of solo time. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like we need to just get get right into all of this because <laughs> you have so many questions. I'm, I'm truly so curious about all of this. Literally, so I mean, for our listeners who aren't familiar with the story, you were called in during this crazy moment in time with COVID going, running rampant through the city to step back into Wicked. And you were last in the show in 2015. Okay. So I want to just, as Glinda would say, to set the record straight. The yes, last yes. time I played Alphaba was 2015. That is very true. The last time I was painted green and was in the show as Alphaba was 2015. Now, I left the show full-time in 2015. I have been a swing in that show up until the summer of 2019. Oh, wow. So I have been in and out of the show. I haven't, like, I've had, like, a rehearsal here and there. Like, I got to, like, Brittany Johnson, the most amazing Glinda ever that there will ever be, who's about to start taking over the role. I was really fortunate enough to do understudy rehearsals with her when she learned the show. So, like, I've been in the building. But, I mean, the thing that I think is crazy is that I haven't, I haven't sung in like, <laughs> how long has the pandemic been going on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I was fully committed to being like, I'm done. I'm quitting this. This is great. Like I was there covering for like two weeks in 2019 while I was like doing my coding boot camp here in New York. I was like doing double duty. I was like at coding school all day and then back in the theater at night, just like doing the ensemble track. And then after that was over, I was like, cool, I'm done. That's it. I'm out of here. 
I'm gonna move. I did actually at that point. I didn't know I was moving to Chicago yet, but I was like, if I never play it again, if I never do it again, it's fine. I've made peace with it. 2015 was the last time it'll ever happen. So yeah, when I got that call, I was like, oh, I might actually get to do this again. It's been a really long time. <laughs> Wait, when did they call you? Yeah, yeah. What- so I was okay. So my company gave our whole like every employee at the company. You know, tech is great, y'all. I got a week off between Christmas and New Year's, and wow. on the what Christmas was Saturday. So on Sunday, the day after Christmas, my husband and I and a bunch of our friends were in a car driving up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I don't know if anybody, if any of your listeners know Michigan, but the Upper Peninsula is like real far from anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. It is in the middle of nowhere. And I get a text. It's like, hey, what are you doing this week? <laughs> and, I, and I just was like, I knew that, like, I, I don't know what it was. It was like, as soon as I got in that car, I'd been like seeing all the buzz about like everything that had been going on. I was like, oh boy, if they don't call me today, I bet they're going to call me today. And then they called me halfway through our drive. And I was like, well, we're almost to the UP. I want to get up there and enjoy my, at least one night of vacation. I was like, everything in my body was like, do you need to go do this? And I was like, yeah, I got to go do this. I feel like after seeing all, hearing all the buzz and stuff that had been going on in New York, I was like, you know, I, I love the show and I want to go and I want to like help out in any way that I can. Like if, if we can keep the show open, let's keep the show open. You know, like I love the show. Like I would do anything for the show. And they know that. So they called me and I was like, yes, fly me from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I will be there. And then I had like the worst travel day on Monday because all the lights were canceled. And it was the day I got into New York at 7.15, just in time to watch the eight o'clock show that night. Oh my God. That's so crazy. So were you like reading the script on your travel day or anything like that? Yes. So I, I basically just sat in the airport and had the script and went through it. And I was like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She goes to six. Oh, she goes to eight. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. I got it. Just to clarify. So when they called you, did they say we need you to come in and be a cover or an offstage swing? It was more, I'm, I was there to kind of just help out. Like, there is clearly a lot of things going on, Absolutely. especially like add on to that, like the crazy holiday schedule, you know? Mm-hmm. And they were like, we, we really need, we just need another body in the building. Yeah. Just who knows. And I was like, okay, great, cool. And my whole thing is like, if I can offer any relief in any way, like I'm happy to do it. That's kind of always been my role with this company. I'm like, cool. I will happily come in. I will sit on the couch for as many shows as you need. If you just need the feeling of like comfort that like the show can go on if something awful happens and like this is kind of that's kind of what I assumed this was going to be because that's kind of always how it has been and you know like I I want to really just give like a huge shout out to all of the people in that show currently right now because I think like they have been busting their butts to keep that show up and like the swings and the understudies and the standbys who've just been like filling in and doing crazy stuff like what I did was crazy but what they do every day is crazy I mean like the role of the cover is crazy in and of itself right and like they are doing it all the time like people are coming out of the woodwork to swing like five or six split track shows you know like with roles they haven't done in years either and I think it's just it's it's a testament I think to the type of talent that that show hires you know like I think they're all pretty remarkable um and talented and I just I'm in awe of them like the energy when I got into that building like everyone was so like they know that they're doing something that is like bigger than them right like 
keeping the show going is is about Broadway, you know, being resilient. And I think it's so important to keep it going if we can. I know people all the all over the internet are just like, this is crazy. You should shut it down. I'm like, but but if we don't have to, why should we? Like, and we can literally keep mm-hmm. it going. So let's do it. And maybe I'm crazy for going, but if I can provide that and I can help in any way I can, I'm so happy to do it. Yeah. You mentioned that you were with your husband. What did he think about <laughs> taking the stick? My, my husband is the most wonderful, supportive man in the whole world. He just was like, girl, you got to do it. You got to do it. Let's do it. I'm wow. like, okay. <laughs> I was just like, I think oh, I got to go. I got to go do this. He's like, okay, we're going to make it happen then. I'll watch the dog. I'll send you, vo- I'll send you like cute videos of her in the snow. And, and that was great. And he checked in and he was really, really great. I don't know how I would oh not have done God. it without him. <laughs> oh, I love to hear that. Is he an artist in any way? So he used to work for Second City. He and I actually met after I left Wicked, I was doing a guest entertainer spot on Norwegian Cruisance. And so I, Aww. this is like the best actually job of my entire life. I would, every week, the ship went out of New York on Sunday to Sunday. We would go to the Bahamas and I would sail back. And on like Wednesday of the week, I would fly to the Bahamas. I would meet the ship in the Bahamas. I would hop onto the ship and then I would cruise back with them to New York, get off on Sunday and go home. On Saturday night, I would do two 45 minute sets with a three piece band, just me. And that was my job. I did that like, I did that like for six months every week. And I met him on the ship because he was working for Second City at the time. So he was on his like second contract with them. But wait, it's crazy, y'all. He and I, I'm sorry. This is, um, he and I. No, we love this stuff. Were, okay. We met on the ship because I met somebody in Second City. And I was like, oh, I grew up in Chicago. I'm from Oak Park. And they were like, oh, we have a guy in our group from Oak Park. And I was like, really? I meet him. Okay. He and I have never met because I'm older than him. So I would have been a senior when he was a sophomore, but I went to Interlochen. So I never met him. Mm. But I played softball with his older sister. Our parents knew each other. We both went to NYU at the exact same time. We both lived in New York for the exact same amount of time. (laughs) And somehow like never met. (laughs) Wow. It was was meant to be though when, when you met at the right time. So weird. So weird. So he's very supportive to say the least. Oh, I love that. What's his name? His name is Adam Pasalka. He's in um, advertising now. I love Adam. Shout out to Adam. He's a bitch. Oh my God, that's so (laughs) cute. Yeah, it's like what Taylor Swift famously sings about in her song Invisible String about how something was always kind of pulling you together. Like, you know, when you, if you were in the same place at the same time, but didn't know it kind of vibe. So. Mm-hmm. I literally love that. Wait, Carla, back back to Wicked really yeah. quick. I meant to say this a second ago. A clip went around of you singing Defying Gravity. And girl, <laughs> you have such an unbelievable voice. I just have to tell you, like, the vocals sound healthy and clean yeah. and powerful. I don't know how you just were like, all right, I guess we're doing Wicked this weekend. Do you still sing a lot just for fun? That's. That's a good question. Um, no. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Okay, so up until, so there was like a point during the pandemic where, so I've been a voice teacher for a long time and I was teaching a little bit here and there, but I was just like so focused during the pandemic on like tech that I haven't really been singing a lot. I think that honestly, to me, that's the miracle of the story. The fact that I had a voice. <laughs> I like have done like recently my friends have been like Carla sing karaoke and they've been like trying to get me to sing a little bit and like so I I guess like maybe in the past month I've like sung maybe a few times but but no <laughs> so weird 
Oh, I'm gagged. I'm so yeah, gagged. You have an absolutely beautiful voice. Thank it, you. You, you are absolutely incredible. Was, what is it like reuniting with Elphaba? It was great. Like, I love her. I don't know. I mean, if you ever, if you talk to other girls who have played Elphaba, I think we all have kind of like this, like, deep, deep love for the role. I think Elphaba is one of, one of those beautiful characters where she is just such a powerful strong woman on stage and I think that's why I love her because like that's why the audience loves like you have little kids who come see the show and little girls who are like oh my god I want to be Elphaba like I want to be this strong woman and I get to see this, this this character on stage who her journey is like is like not really about a man it's like about her I mean the whole fear thing aside right like her her whole journey is just like about being a good person and like doing good and like and she's badass and I I love her and I think just getting to play her again was really it meant a lot to me that's so special yeah and the original version of the wizard and I was that song making good and I think that's that's exactly what you're kind of touching Mm -hmm. upon is that she really does have a really clear set of values and dreams and, and and I do think the version that we see to this day she still holds true to all of that mm-hmm. Wait, so when you were in the show in 2015, were you the, was your official title standby? No. So I was the understudy in the Broadway company. Okay. And then in, on the tour, I was the understudy and then I was in standby for a year on okay. the tour. So I stood by for Dee, Rossioli and Nicole Parker and maybe Parents on tour. Oh my gosh. The amount of people I have, I've stood by and understudied, like it's been a decade. So like so many people, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, my standby time on tour, I think was some of my I love being standby. It's a it's a pretty nice gig. <laughs> you probably got to go on a lot too. I did. I, I went on quite a bit, which is really nice. But even being in the Broadway company when I was there full time, I went on quite a bit as the world would work, as the crazy mm-hmm. thing would happen. I went on an awful lot. But it, it it's a different it's a different beast doing the show every day, being in the ensemble, mm-hmm. and then also having to go on. It's a different kind of exhaustion. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Now, I am someone who's way too anxious. I would never be able to be like, oh, you need me to do that now? Like, I need to have my day very much planned and know what's mm-hmm. happening. Um, was there ever like a, a, a minutes before curtain or like 15 minutes before type situation where you had to go on? Oh, yeah, a lot. I've been on it intermission. Um, I I have so many stories. They're, they're, I don't know if I, they're appropriate. Sure. One day I'll write a book. Um, <laughs> save it for the book. That's what I always say about things. Yep, save it for the book. Dylan, you do always say that. You're like, I'm saving it for my book. I have a lot of, I mean, I have a, a lot of crazy times and things that have happened. I mean, one where I was in the Broadway company and they, they were like, they called me at two o'clock and they're like, hey, we don't have an alphabet on the tour. Can you try to Philly and go play alphabet <laughs> So I like went and like got a rental car, swung by the Gershwin, picked up my costumes and drove my ass to Philly. <laughs> and I got there like I got there like 10 minutes to half hour. I almost like locked all the doors and locked the costumes in the car with keys in the car. I like met Fiero literally on stage. Um <laughs> it was pretty wild. I but I also I love that stuff. I live for it. I don't know, maybe it's that's my special skill, but mm. I love that energy of yeah. just anything could happen. <laughs> and and so they knew what they were doing when they when they reached out to you to come back. Yeah, I mean like I I like to think of it as like I have been given the responsibility of covering this role as recently as 2019. So like mm. this and it is a big responsibility and I don't take it lightly. And so even though it has been oh, about 2 years since I'd really thought of the role, a decade of just like 
learning the nuances of every different alphabet I've covered, you know, mm. like it's, it is like, I, I will be singing the show when I'm a hundred years old. I will probably be able to tell you all the blocking, like mm-hmm. it just like lives in my bones. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, again, I have so many questions, but the last thing I want to say <laughs> before we talk a little bit more about your background in general is what was it like that night that you went on for the first time again? Oddly, oddly like really calming. Like mm. we got to half hour and I was just like, well, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I was like, I, I don't think I'm nervous. I was like, I got like that fun, like adrenaline rush, but Jenna Claire kept saying to me, she's like, Carly, you're so calm. How are you so calm? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, something happens. I think that role is really well written for a cover, right? You, you get shot out of the gate. You run downstairs, downstage. Everybody's like laughing at you and you have all this energy that you're kind of like throwing at everybody else on stage. And then you get to sing the wizard and I, which is like this beautiful song about being excited and nervous and terrified and and you are already feeling all of those things you just channel it into the song and then by that point you're like settled in and it's you just ride it out wow i love it wait what's your favorite song to sing as alphaba oh no good deed absolutely that (laughs) is like it's like getting to throw a tantrum on stage in front of thousands of people it's so much fun and that big like cape like 80s rock star moment (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and the and the wind blowing and everything. It's amazing. The best. And it's yeah. kind of like, Wait, you know, it's like kind of smooth sailing for you after that point. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, I want to get into your decision to move into tech and sort of like eventually move to Chicago. But before we do that, we like to ask all of our guests about their ring of keys moment, that moment of recognition when you you felt like you got bit by the bug of the entertainment industry, whether it be performing, acting, singing, or even just a general interest in pop culture. Do you feel like you had a Ring of Keys moment? So I think my Ring of Keys moment happened a little bit later after I had already kind of been performing. So I grew up in a really like musical family. My grandmother was an opera singer at the Lyric. Oh. My mother was a pianist. Like, there was always music in my household. And I had gone to Interlochen and I, I started off at Cincinnati Conservatory of Music as like a voice major. And I was having vocal trauma. I had some, I had a vocal cyst on my cords mm. and I dropped out of school and I worked in an Italian deli in Chicago. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what do I want? And I was like, oh, I want to perform. Maybe I'll just be an actor. And I moved to NYU and I was like, I'm just going to act. And I randomly had to get some credits out of the way. And so I did CAP 21 summer program. And I remember I was sitting in our studio class and I was singing, um, I'm not afraid of anything. Oh, just like thinking about that song makes me want to cry. And I, I broke down crying after it. And my teacher was like, why are you not doing musical theater? I was Mm. like, I don't know. (laughs) And I, I just like, I was so overwhelmed by that moment. And I was like, oh, I have to do this. Like I, I, there's nothing else that I can do. I have to do this. And I, and I spent time after that immediately, just like working with a coach, learning how to belt. Cause I was like a coloratura soprano before that. Right. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to belt and like, just work on my technique and figure this out. And, and it was just like all, as soon as that happened, everything just kind of fell into place. And I was like, oh, okay. You're telling me that you could also play Glinda. <laughs> my dream in life is to play Glinda and to be the first triple witch cover in the United States. Cause I'm pretty sure somebody oh. did it in Europe. Or Someone did it in the London production. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least, yeah. at least oh just the, the two, I don't know about Nessa, but mm. no, no, she did Nessa. She did. All she did Nessa. Yeah. You know, your, you know your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but first of all, you're going to make me sob with that story. Like the sound in your voice, 
the, I feel like we were there in that moment again. That song is unbelievably mm-hmm. well written. Jason Robert Brown, of course. Ha- is that song in your in your set? Like when you did the Norwegian cruise lines or anything? Have you ever been able to do that song again? Um, I did it in a concert that I did here in New York right when okay. I left Wicked, but I haven't sung in a long time. It's God, it's a beautiful song though, right? Oh, I know it's amazing. It gets me. And okay, so yeah. it's just interesting to me that you you're able to make these big decisions in your life where you, you know, you're at Cincinnati, which I'm actually, I live in Columbus, so I'm a little close by mm-hmm. there. And then you'd say, no, I need, I need to do something different. And then you go to New York and then you, you're able to switch and you have such resolve in the decision-making. I can't help but wonder how that played a role into your decision to ultimately, as we like to say, leave the industry and take on using the other side of your brain. Mm-hmm in like the STEM field. And now what, what has that experience been like? You know, I'm, it's funny that you said it like that because you're right. Like I, I'm a very spontaneous person. (laughs) I make decisions very fast. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm done with this. (laughs) Let's do something else. I just, I had a moment where I, like when I left Wicked full time in 2015, I was like, I need to do something else. And I went and I got a master's at NYU in education in theater education. And I was, I was like, I'm going to teach. And so I was teaching and I was doing all these things. And I was like, man, I love teaching, but like, I still don't have health insurance. And, and I'm still just like hustling so hard and I'm tired. And, and like, it honestly, like a friend of mine, like came to my birthday party and he was like, he's a songwriter. And he was like, guess what? I'm a software engineer now. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he was like, I did this boot camp, and now I work at this big fancy company and I make all this money and I have health insurance. And I was like, that sounds incredible. Um, and I was like, how do I do that? And I like, literally I went home and I just started researching it and teaching myself some stuff. And I was like, oh, I love this. I would like have that moment where I was like, sit down at my computer and all of a sudden it would be like five hours later. And I will have like forgotten to drink water and forgotten to like eat or go to the bathroom or like, and I was like, oh, well, okay. I yeah. clearly like this thing. And it, it's similar to, so like, I also, I'm, I do a lot of things, but I'm also a ceramic oh, cool. artist. So I do a lot of pottery and I wheel throw. And I was like, oh, this is also kind of like creative in that way and so I was like I really like this and I feel like I could get into this um I was always good at math and like music theory and stuff so I was like okay and so I was like cool well I'm gonna commit to this and I did and I went to a boot camp and it just like it was it was just like really fun I was like this is cool like and it's such a different world and people find me very interesting. I stick out like a sore thumb (laughs) in the tech industry. Um, But I love it. Like, I think I bring like a really unique personality and experience to tech, which is fun. I'm part of a group called Artists Who Code that some friends of mine who are also Broadway performers uh, started right at the beginning of the pandemic because they had gone to a boot camp like a year before. And when the pandemic started a ton of people started reaching out to me and reaching out to them and they were like how do I learn to code I don't know what to do like I, my identity is theater and I I just don't know where I'm going like what do I do now so they started this group and it's just been amazing to see all these artists kind of come out of the woodwork and be like I want to learn this I can learn this I, I can use this part of my brain I'm smart too like and it's been really like magical to see like so many people be like I can be I can be all mm-hmm. these things and that's great really exciting yeah no that is great and i think it's 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 a concept that i've been talking about a lot with my friends lately the idea that like your job isn't necessarily your life like even you saying like you know you're a broadway star and then you you work in tech and you also love ceramics like we it's it sounds like an obvious thing to say but we all contain 
multitudes and interests. And you can't make your entire life about like just your job, even though it takes up most of our day, most of the time, we all have so many different interests. So I think you're so cool. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I feel I sometimes I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I don't know. I have so many directions, but I also find it really exciting and really fun. And I'm having a really good time. So I can tell. When did you move to Chicago? Um, My husband and I moved in April because we were just kind of like living in a tiny little apartment in Brooklyn during the pandemic. And I was like, what are we doing? We both work remotely. Like, let's get our dog a yard. We got like four bedrooms, three and a half baths, three floors. Y'all, the windows that go from the floor to the ceiling. I, every day I like, I'm like, oh my God, I love my house. (laughs) (laughs) And you're closer to your family now, I'd imagine. Yeah, we're close to his family lives there. My family moved to California. Oh, cool. Oh, my gosh. So, oh, yeah, we're going to go out there. Okay, like, good. Very shortly. Say- as soon as like Omicron has died down. Yes. We'll be out there. <laughs> Wait, I need to ask about your time in Mamma Mia. Mm. Oh, my God. I love that show. <laughs> so were you in the tour of it? Yeah. So I was in the second national. What year was that? 2007, six to nine. Okay something like that. So this is um, right after the movie came out. So it was probably really popular. It was right before, before? Okay. the movie came out right. I remember like during that. Cause I remember we all went to the, um, the big like opening oh, fun. premiere for it, which was really fun. But yeah, it was fun. Like Sean Allen Krill, oh, wow. um, Jag Little Pill was one of my dads. It was a really fun show. Like, I don't know if you've, if you've seen that show oh, a lot, yes. but like me being like a, a Sondheim snob growing up, and then being like, oh my God, I'm going to do Mamma Mia. I was like, oh my God, I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ultimate crowd pleaser, right? Yeah. I'm like, who cares if she doesn't find out who her dad is? <laughs> like that mega mix at the end, it's a party. Yes, I know. <laughs> Such a party. So were you Sophie? Uh, I understudied Sophie. Yeah. Understudy I understudied Sophie. Carrie Manalakis and Vicky Noon. Icons. I icons. I, always the best. I feel like I followed the two of them around <laughs> because as soon as they booked Alphaba, I also was like, well, if they can do it, I can mm-hmm. do it. But Went did it right after they did. <laughs> I wonder if we saw you on the tour. Did you guys ever come to Cleveland? Mm, I don't think I ever went to Cleveland okay. with it. It might have gone after I was there. Okay. Wait, what Sondheim show is your fave? Ooh, Into the Woods, hands down. Ooh, great. I, like, Every life lesson you need is in there, right? Everything. Everything you ever need to know. My family used to sit around the piano and my mom would, we would play the whole show from beginning to end and sing every single song in the show. <laughs> and did you, did you divide up the roles or was it like you all just sang together? Oh, uh, we do all the different harmonies. Oh, fine. Like, and we would, we take turns on like, but it isn't my fault. I didn't mean to just wait a little further than four beats. You're like, do like all the different parts in that one. <laughs> oh my God, Carla, I need you to play Bobby and company. I'm not going to lie. That I'm, is on my list. Yeah. I would love to do that. Role. I could see that. She's for sure. Wait, so I, I guess this is something I was thinking about earlier when we first started talking, but you know, right now you're working in mm-hmm. tech. Well, right now you're working on Broadway and then you're going to be back in tech. Oh, no, I'm still Do in tech. Still I'm have... in work right now. I'm on my lunch break. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, listen, we'll let you go in a sec here, but I guess my final question before our closing segment, I'm just wondering, do you have like a dream role, something you'd love to play mm-hmm. anywhere? I mean, honestly, like, I would love to play every single role in Into the Woods. I've already done Little Red. Mm-hmm. So one day I would like to play Cinderella and then Baker's Wife and then Witch. Um, but I don't know. It's funny that you said Bobby. That was something that I thought about recently. I was like, oh, now that, like, a woman has played Bobby, oh, I could do that. Because, like, Being Alive is, like, one of my favorite songs of all time. 
and I sang it at a concert. I did like a, I had my mom make a mashup of uh, Giants in the Sky and Being Alive, which like oh, cool. surprisingly works very well. Um, okay. And I was like, oh, I love that song. But it's funny. I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. Like yeah. I'm in Chicago now and there's definitely like a theater scene. There's like a TV film scene. Maybe I'll, I haven't explored the scene out there yet. So the pan, I mean, there's still a pandemic going on. <laughs> It's been like, it's been like kind of hard to like dabble, but you know, I definitely think like it's something I'm going to start thinking about soon. I love it. Well, Hey, if the last year or even like the last week has shown us anything, like truly anything could happen at any minute. So know. the possibilities are endless. Yeah, they are <laughs> unlimited. Oh, there it oh, is. Sorry. <laughs> always repping the brand. Always. <laughs> well, b- <laughs> before we say goodbye, we have to end on a dose of drama. It could be something we've been binge watching lately, something we want to rant about, rave about, promote, anything that's on our minds. And Dylan, I think I would love for you to kick it off today. Okay. This this is controversial beyond belief, but drama. I know. We all know that Adele is one of my queens, but I have to just say I am not obsessed with her album 30. I know it came out a few months ago. I don't know what it is. Please do not lock me away, y'all. There's a few songs that I absolutely love, but it is just not to me hitting me in the way that 25 hit me. And that's all I've got to say about it. You can argue with me in the DMs. (laughs) Have you heard the album, Carla? I have. I like it. I love her. I like it a lot. Yeah. Do you love the album though? You know, I'm, I'm really, really... I love the first one that she did. Like I'm, that was like the one I listened to on repeat. So oh, yes. I'm, I'm kind of an OG Adele fan. So is that, was it 19? Yeah. yeah 19, 21, it. 25, 30. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan, I hear you and I get it. Like I'm not obsessed with 30 either, but I still listen to it like every day. Yeah. I don't know. To me. So maybe I, maybe I am obsessed if I listen every day. To me, like all I ask is like her magnum opus. Like there's just so many things on that 25 album that just, that's my drama. It's just a 30. Maybe 30 isn't, is not the new 25. I'm sorry. As I approach 30, <laughs> slowly. Oh my God. Approach 30. Don't age us. Um, you guys are like a <laughs> Anyways, that's my dose of drama. <laughs> <laughs> um, Connor, what about you? Do you have a dose of drama? I do. And you know what? For the first time since 2010, I am, since Ali Fedotowski was the bachelorette, I am leaving Bachelor Nation. I am not watching The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. I don't even think I'll go back to Paradise. I have, I've decided that it's time for me to go. No more roses. No more most dramatic seasons ever. No more straight culture being force fed down my throat. I think I'm done with it. I really stuck through it to the bitter, the bitter end here. And, you know, I think it's okay to outgrow parts of our lives, even if it means the Bachelor franchise. So that's my drama. I'm feeling, I felt a little left out because the new season did premiere this week. And I was like tempted when I got a little push push notification on my phone from Hulu being like the new episode of the bachelor is on because of course I've been watching forever. So it knows what my habits are. And I felt, but you know what? I also feel free. I feel free. Mm. You know, Good for you. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I know you left last year. I did. <laughs> Carla, do you watch the bachelor? I don't, but I, I mean, that's not to say I don't like trashy TV. Um, that's just not my brand of trashy TV. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. I think the format is just stale at this point, and it's overproduced. No, I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a dose of drama? All right, so I'm going to stick on brand with my dose of drama. Yes. Um, my dose of drama is telling 
kids that if they want to do theater, they have to like fully commit. And if they like, if they can see themselves doing anything else, they should go do it because I, I hate that saying. And mm-hmm. I think it's full um, bull crap. I'm, I'm sorry if I've sworn a lot today. Um, I just, I just hate it. I'm like, don't tell kids like you're, you're like stunting their growth. You're like telling them that like, you're like limiting what they can do. You're like telling them that like they have to do theater and nothing else. And then you end up with kids who are just theater actors who like don't know what else to do with their lives. If they realize they don't want to do theater later in life or they didn't finish their degree or whatever. And, and I just, I hate that. And I think we need to stop telling people that. That's all. That's my drama. Snaps, everything. Yes, I have been hearing that line for years. And it always made me feel like, because I had wanted to do theater. And then I was like, well, but I also really love writing. And I love, you know, these things. So I guess that means I shouldn't do theater. Because like my role models would Mm -hmm. say it. I can think of a a couple of people that I really looked up to when I was younger that would say that in interviews. And it limited me. But as we've decided, we're we're unlimited, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. We are unlimited. (laughs) Carla, I'm so delighted by this chat thank you for joining us and thank you for saving broadway during the holiday season i i truly think you're an icon thank you you guys thank you for having me this is really really delightful well thank you for you know stealing away on your lunch break and continue to code and inspire so many people and i'm so glad that we know you now um everyone should of course follow you on your social media channels it's at stickler carla yeah somebody had my name before i got on twitter Carla Stickler. So that's why I'm Stickler Carla. So that's, that's where we're at. (laughs) It is what it is. I love it. Well, it has been so nice to meet you and anyone who got the chance to see you in this last week of Wicked is very, very lucky. Mm -hmm. And anyone who, you know, loved this chat should of course follow us at the drama podcast. Follow me at Dylan McDowell, Connor at Connor McDowell and Connor. I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.